The Protect Your Neck Podcast. UFC on ESPN 9 Breakdown. Picks, plays, and whatever else comes our way. Let's go to work. Hot air hangs like a dead man From a white oak tree People sitting on porches Thinking how things used to be Dark night It's a dark night Dark night It's a dark night What is up, you savages? This is the Protect Your Neck Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Tom. Analysts' work you can find over at MMAJunkie.com. But on this year's program, the Protect Your Neck Podcast, we break down high-level MMA. That's what we're going to do here today, tonight. Whenever you're listening to this, hopefully it's before the fight. It is being recorded just after the weigh-ins on Friday morning. So it'll be up 24 hours, over 24 hours, before the event starts. However, that's not a promise I can be proud of because I initially promised you guys Thursday night. But as normal listeners of this podcast know, um, I have incredible... If I didn't have bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. And anytime I promise a deadline, um, things just start coming out of the woodworks to continually make me look like that guy who is the late and procrastinating guy, as I probably am to many of you, which is fine. It just sucks because I kill myself and sacrifice literally as much as one could to bring you... um, to bring you the free content, so it was just a very frustrating week, uh, and, and not just for me, for everybody. I'm not playing a violin here. It's a crazy time for all. In fact, we can't even turn on our timeline without seeing crazy, depressing news, so I'm not going to go there. Um, I feel like in my defense, folks, especially for old Dan Tom, I've been pretty good at not just giving you guys content and giving you extra content for what it's worth and tethering it to MMA and avoiding the drama-rama, so I'm, I'm going to keep trying to do that here, folks. I'm just uh, barely crossing the uh, <laughs> the finish line, as you can hear from my voice, which, uh, again, long-time listeners know that's a tell, that my, my, my system's been run over, and there's been a lot of that, so um, let's get through this, let's make this an expedited for one, check timestamps as per usual, we go from top to bottom, and I recap all my picks and plays, which will be light on the plays part, um, it's going to be a crazy card, we'll say why, in a second, if you want to push forward, just want to get some shouts out of the way, um, uh, thanks to John Morgan, uh, for coming on my top five show. Uh, we did top five strike force fights. That was a blast. It was long overdue to get John on. John's awesome. So is his podcast, MMA Roadshow. Uh, go support him and his Patreon. Um, you know, as well as my other colleagues, Patreons, Triple G show goes and George there. Uh, look at me giving shouts. Speaking of shouts, it's, it's tough, you know, when people like me who have little to give or gain, uh, and, and pretty much nobodies, which is fine. But I still make sure to give people the shouts that they're due, even though I'm not an actual journalist. And then you see actual journalists like talking about John Morgan's story with uh, John Bones Jones and somehow not mentioning accrediting John, coincidentally enough. Same journalist may or may not accredited my dude James Lynch. So instead of being negative and throwing shade, I just want to give these people an extra shout. Uh, as far as James Lynch goes, you guys know he is, uh, is is one of the best journalists out there, and you should follow him at Lynch on Sports and subscribe to uh, his channel, uh, his YouTube channels, I should say, both his and, and the scores. Uh, good stuff over there. Uh, thanks to Mike Pendleton. Uh, 
you know, speaking of, uh, you know, here's an up and, up and coming cat here at MP2310. I've known Mike for a while, though. I um, mean, he's been a listener to this show for a while. Been on his program before, at least an older iteration. So it was great to rejoin Mike this week. If you listen to his program, you actually got some early previews of uh, my, my feels this week. So shouts to Mike and also shouts to the Verbal Tap Podcast at Verbal Tapcast. These guys have been around for a minute, too. You should definitely subscribe to their show. Um, they were kind enough to bring me on to talk some... NBA and whatnot, uh, which was fun. Um, and, you know, uh, thank you guys as well for checking out the NBA article and, you know, taking it for the fun that it was, not taking it literally. Like, yes, basketball players are literally going to come in, uh, you know, to MMA and wash it out, says the guy who's actually an analyst, says the actual guy who's an analyst, whose analysts are not one of the most loudest, no matter how much it's pissed off people who I like. Uh, detractors of pro athletes just automatically get God access to MMA and are guaranteed success, which seems to be the narrative that I've, I've always thought is bullshit and the statistics more than prove it. Um, so believe me, I, I'm not trying to die on any hills. Uh, it was meant for nostalgia and for more newer fans to kind of appreciate the older generation. It really blew me away, like, how many people didn't, like, again... Larry Bird's not an imposing figure. I'm not saying he's going to get, you know, although I would take him over Gerard Gordeau after seeing some of the fights that Bird was in. Um, you know, the point was Larry Bird got more fist fights than your, you know, quote-unquote super athlete of this generation, kids. The 80s basketball, you got to fucking respect it. Um, and, of course, 90s is my jam. So thank you guys for um, for enjoying that and uh, for the people that, you know, because, again, there's not enough things to be politically charged about. Like, pe for the people that took it too seriously and were using that article as their uh, launching point to, for the, you know, the whole non-lazy argument of, you know, the media, clickbait. Like, dude, if you guys saw how much hours I put into that and how much I actually get paid and how little I get paid and how that little pay that I do get it doesn't matter how much these articles click or not like it, it, the article did do well so thank you guys for what it's worth if you if you're curious but like I didn't make any more is what I'm trying to say so yeah thank you guys for uh, for those of you who continue those narratives which are fun all right 6 minutes in let we should already be breaking down fights it's UFC and ESPN 9 USP Apex UFC Las Vegas Headlined by Tyron Woodley, who's your favorite, minus 170. Gilbert Bohemia. Burns, plus 150. Oh, man, my highs are off today. My voice sucks. That's another thing that sucks about not um, yeah, taking care of your health. Um, Yeah, anyway, so apologies for the names that I want to hit for you guys, but I won't. Uh, if I miss anything on this, I got an in-depth breakdown on Junkie. But basically... Woodley's your deserved favorite. Um, we shouldn't be surprised if he knocks out Burns with a right hand or pieces him up with some leg kicks because right hands and leg kicks um, have traditionally been what hit have hit Burns the most. Albeit he's improved his defense, uh, defensive awareness in general, from his distancing um, to showing some tendencies to check in recent fights. But more importantly, as far as the leg kicks are concerned, parlaying the leg kick opportunities uh, into takedowns as far as the leg kicks that are thrown his way. Of course, Gilbert Burns can throw some mean leg kicks himself, lest we not forget. Um, and, and I don't think people should be judging Woodley too hard off the Usman fight, although, like I was telling my man Mike, Mike Pendleton, you know, Usman going and washing Covington, uh, didn't make that narrative any, you know, harder to swallow as far as recency bias goes on judging someone off their last performance. So yeah, it's 
Easy to be low on Woodley, but no, that is not why I'm picking against him. And not even that he's 38 years old, um, which is borderline even for an athlete at his level, right? Because you got to include wrestling miles as well as fight miles here. <clears throat> and wrestling miles are, are, are not as gentle as the jiu-jitsu miles, right? Um, but still, that's actually not even the reason why I'm picking against him either. Um, it, it's just essentially, you know, mainly it's been durable pressuring grapplers that's been Woodley's kryptonite minus the durability Gilbert Burns fits that because we don't know how do how durable Gilbert Burns is much less at this weight class um he's been hurt before he's been stopped at lightweight by former featherweights now granted Dan Hooker looks like he's a damn welterweight and he's talented and he's proving his worth so that loss didn't age terribly but even besides that you know it's not that uh you know Gilbert hasn't been discouraged or hit hard before now he's grown a lot since those fights and he's been hit hard a lot and taken a lot both at lightweight and welterweight since um, those mentioned fights. So we don't know where Burns is at, so you can't write him off in that department. But even me, someone who's picking and making the argument for Burns, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that he fits that bill of spades. Like, Woodley could certainly ice him, and we shouldn't be surprised at that. Um, <clears throat> however, not just the improved stand-up, but the pressure in general. But for me, it's the cage and the clinch. Um, the small cage, uh, I believe it's Fightnomics. I, again, I'm just like throwing shade at people not giving people proper credit, so I don't want to do the same thing. So I believe it's Fightnomics Reed. Uh, Reed Coons, I think you can go follow him on Twitter. Um, he's got a book on it. Um, I never really checked it out, to be honest. I know it's like a big, big you know, shame. Like, I'm familiar with a lot of the, the outlying stats from it and whatnot, but I mean, I've never like cracked it open. And it's not shitting on him or his books. I'm just, you know, I'm more of, you know. Stats are somewhat of a guideline. I don't really I don't really work too heavily off them. And nothing wrong with being a numbers guy, folks. Nothing wrong with that. Just as I've made the argument and the sport is arguably proven, numbers don't aren't as valuable. And that's just a fact. They're very important. We should use them. Nothing wrong with using them. Nothing wrong with you use them. But it's just one of those things we got to remember. Just like when the sky may be blue uh, uh, in normal life, but MMA is not normal life for people. Just like the th it's not hating on professional football players, but just like that example, just because they're great athletes doesn't guarantee them success. MMA is a completely different world. Um, so, yeah. Um, but, yeah, the, the small cage, um, I, I do agree with that, though, because it's just common sense. It's going to force more exchanges, and more exchanges means more action, whether you're standing or on the floor. Not really hard to get behind that argument. Um, with that being said, I can either bring out the best in someone like Woodley, who in wins and losses and draws, prime, not prime, early to young to old and wise, what's the common thread? Conservativeness. So the small cage will either bring out the best in Woodley, or it'll exacerbate his worse. And after a crushing defeat that was just as, if not more crushing than we, we saw, that even Woodley himself readily, still readily admits... Um, which nothing wrong with that. You know me. I'm not one for, you know, uh, shitting on a fighter for for showing vulnerability. God forbid. Um, the strongest men show vulnerability. Um, but at the same time, yeah, that's a you know, you got to listen to what Woodley's saying there. That's a crushing loss he took, and it messed with him mentally. You got to bounce back from that. You got to get your sea legs back in the small cage against a fighter who's dangerous on the feet and floor. You got to be turned on from 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 the get-go. 
that's going to be a big, that's the biggest test in this fight. That's the biggest question, and that's the biggest variable in this fight, no matter who, what side you're back in here. Um, and for that reason, coupled with how these two operate in the clinch, I'm going to go with Burns. Well, what do you mean, Dan? Woodley's one of the best takedown defenders. He can dictate where the fight goes. In fact, dictation is how Woodley wins his fights. You are correct. He does a, you know, 92%. It only went down 3% from that Kamara Usman fight, despite Usman, like, washing him, right? Like, that's how good Woodley's takedown defense and body of work is. However... He's still not offensive from those, even when he's stymieing people. And what have we been judging lately? Uh, damage and offense. And even not, even if we go back to 2010 judging, who's winning when the guy when a guy is getting pushed against the fence? Even if he's not getting the takedown, who's winning? It's the aggressor. So by both judging stereotypes slash dare say standards of metric, those situations should favor Gilbert Burns, who not only is an underrated wrestler who... Especially if Woodley's tired or caught out of position. Like, don't be surprised if he gets a takedown on Woodley. Um, but even if he doesn't get a takedown on Woodley, which is what kind of sold me, is that he, from even in early Doheny's career, he was, like, throwing a wide variety of uh, elbows um, inside the clinch space and staying really active there. So even if he's not scoring takedowns, he's going to be scoring on Woodley. Um, and on those separations, when they separate from the clinch, Gilbert is really good at striking off the break. You know who seldom strikes off the break? Tyron Woodley. So if this becomes a stymieing affair in the clinch, um, I'm going to go Gilbert Burns. You know, unless Woodley's able to knock him out in the first, he's going to have to play a veteran-savvy game. He's going to have to bring that same cardio tank that he had with that Damian Maya fight, which was kind of the unspoken question mark slash impressive thing about his performance in that one. For performance, he was obviously getting shit on, but you know that's that was impressive with one good arm, able to defend that many takedowns and show that energy management without tiring or slowing. Granted, it wasn't the most arduous pace. Um, Gilbert Burns is going to bring a bigger variety of takedowns, albeit he's not as big of a man as Maya. And he's going to bring a, bring a bigger variety of offense to worry about, which will be taxing Woodley's systems. So we'll see if 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 Woodley's able to have his sea legs right away. Then, like I said in the breakdown, it's going to be a hard uphill fight. But I like Gilbert Burns. I like his activity. I like the fact that he's already fought in the kind of pandemic era. Um, he's probably fought in the smaller cages and in smaller shows, whereas Woodley's always kind of been in bigger shows. I don't think he's probably even been in the small cage once in his UFC career, much less without no audience. Now he's going up against the same team that just washed him. All that homework is freshly in the minds of Coach Henry Hooft and training partner Kamara Usman. Uh, I'll take a shot on the dog here. Um, I, wow, I didn't, I guess I didn't take a shot. It's like minus 160. So I'm kind of like deciding if I want to play and how I want to how I want to go out is I want to play Burns, but I don't want to play it too much because Woodley's the deserved favorite. And, you know, even just playing for fun, uh, coming from a fan perspective, you know, you don't want to end your note on a sour note. So you want to have some kind of hedge in place. Not that I'm a big hedge fan in general, by the way. I'm actually a very non-hedge guy. But in this case, I'm thinking about playing fight doesn't go the distance at minus 160 or minus 165. And playing that heavy on chalk and throwing a nice little coin there on uh, Duhino for the plus 150 dog money. And maybe both cash. If not, uh, maybe one cash is because Duhino either gets iced early or gas is, uh, gas is out. And 
at that point, you hope Woodley takes the opportunity to make a finish and make a statement for his career. So um, that's where I'm at, folks. I didn't quite play it, um, but that's where my head's at. Uh, next fight, um, Augusto Sakai, who has now moved to the favorite at minus 115 against Blagoy. I like boy, even off minus 105. <laughs> Jesus. Did he just say, sorry, folks, referencing an old podcast there. Mr. Uh, Evenoff, <laughs> what would you like to order, sir? I like, uh, I like, boy. No, we don't have that, sir. Okay, the hamburger then. Um, wow, Dan, that was tasteful. Uh, listen, folks, I'm a, I'm a, despite the distasteful jokes, I'm a big Blagoy Evenoff fan. Um, I mean, the guy's been stabbed in the fucking heart and still keeps going. People seem to forget that, so I'm glad that Dominic Cruz brought that up comically in his last fight, which was a competitive fight. Um, and it, I, I was confident in him winning that fight. It just um, Derek Lewis didn't even do the Derek Lewis thing. Derek Lewis just showed up, used a jab in activity, and was fighting like the most smart fight we've seen him fight to date. So you can't hate on Blagoy for that. He took the shots. He hung in there. He was hitting some counters that he wasn't really getting credit for because whether it's commentary or judging, whether you're missing or not, it's the loud, heavy-hitting guys that are going to usually get the reaction, right? Not the not the crafty guys on the inside going to the body. However, I think going to the body is going to serve him great against Augusto Sakai. Augusto Sakai keeps a high guard, and um, despite working on his belly and, and, and looking like he's made his improvements there, from, hey, it's a guy who's got a belly himself. I'm not hating. Appreciate these dudes, in fact. But Augusto Sakai takes a lot of body shots, and I, I feel like that Blagoy Southpaw 2 is going to be there all damn day for him. Um, Augusto Sakai, I don't think he's faced a lot of Southpaws either. So he's going to be dealing with a very durable, a very crafty one, and one that can outdo him um, in the clinch. So I don't know how much of a rush he's going to want to close com- distance with his combinations that really score for Sakai when he's in stride. So whether Blagoy's on the back foot or pressuring him, I actually see him getting the better of exchanges. Um, but because of the way Blagoy fights and will counter, um, as I say before, judges don't know how to fucking see these things, which suck. So it's always run the risk there. But, um, if this line keeps moving, uh, I'm waiting uh, until I see a plus number, but if there's a plus number, I'm going to pull the trigger or if Blagoy at at the very least stays at minus 105 and doesn't go back up by fight time, I'll just end up betting him at at, at the line as is. But I'm waiting to hold out for some dog money uh, for Blagoy. Like, boy. Uh, yeah, okay, we'll go with even off there. Jesus, Dan. Uh, we got Billy Quarantine. Billy, I'm sure that's probably already been said. I'm sorry if I, I'm stepping. I, I've had that habit lately. I keep saying things that, like, and great minds think alike, and I did not, don't realize people within my circle have been either saying or covering these things. By the way, shout out again to the fight site and my dude, uh, Tommy Elliott. Uh, Writing about the turtle, that's going to be, you want to earn a way to Dan's heart, um, be the only other guy out there talking about the turtle because no one does it enough, and Tommy Elliott did a damn good job. You should go check out that article um, on thefightsite.com. Uh, but Billy Quarantine, minus 130 versus, I've been waiting to say this name. I didn't get to say it last time, folks. He fought Spike Carlisle. Um, whether, you know, we're going from Willie from The Simpsons or, uh, you know, George Carlisle, I think his name is. from Was it from, like, Hot? hot uh, the full Monty and all those movies, and uh, what was it? Train Spotting, Carlisle. Dude, this is tough. This is um, this is tough, man. Uh, this 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 was on my avoid list, dog or pass. Then I ended up taking a prop that's going to contradict all those things, albeit it doesn't contradict my pick because you know I'm going with Billy Quarantello here. Um, 
I'm, I'm biased towards certain styles and, you know, guys that are maybe a little bit of slow starter, but they're kind of technical and jacks of all trades. They can do it everywhere and they can do really technical things that aren't really highlighted or they don't get credit for. Um, I really like Billy Quarantillo here. Um, he looks ready, but so does Spike Cadillac. Um You know, coming from San Diego. Uh, I, was this the guy doing the uh, butthole uh, tanning to for power? I mean, dude, you can't underestimate a guy who's doing that. I mean, he's got to be carrying some extra HP with him in there, right? Um, you know, and he's got the easy alpha ginger. But no, this guy's judo, wrestling, uh, jiu-jitsu. He's um, really good on the ground. So, you know, unless he's tired, um, you know, Billy Quarantine is going to have to get him tired uh, to be able to finish him there, in my opinion. Um, Carlisle is also going to have the wrestling and clinch advantage, being his judo and more powerful wrestling. Quarantillo has these, like, I'm not saying it to be, like, dismissive. Uh, I'm saying cute because they're cute. These cute little uh, takedown entries he does, but I don't know how well they're going to work on a, a Spike Carlisle. That being said, I do believe Quarantillo is the more well-versed fighter um, with the better tank. And it's weird because Carlisle has gone to the third round sometimes and looks like he's had energy. But in his amateur or pro career, you know, when he does lose, it is by decision. And he doesn't go to decision that much. So how much experience, A, does he have there? And how much can you depend on him when he's got, you know, when he gets there? Especially, you know, coming out as hyped as he, as he is. Now he didn't have to feel that adrenaline dump for his UFC debut if there was going to be one because he finished Alon Cruz early. Um, but, you know, he could very well be competitive the whole time and win a decision. So I want to, I say that because I want to be careful about giving the general read, which I feel is going to be the general read on this card. I don't know if it is. It is for me, folks, which is Carlisle early, something opportunistic. He's going to have to catch Billy Quarantillo in that slow start. But if he doesn't finish him, that's where Cor Billy Quarantillo can uh, work his way back into the fight. Um, that's where there will be percentage-wise the highest hopes of a drop-off for a Carlisle. And that's where, obviously, Quarantine does his best work in round two. So I think he's pulling away by round three in what will probably be a gritty, competitive decision, hard-fought decision and a fight of the night. I think the real bet is this one to get fight of the night, folks. But um, even though I think it's probably going to be a, a gritty decision for quarantine or an early you know, finish for Cadillac, uh, I sprinkled on... Um, Quarantillo round three plus plus one thousand easy Derek love easy it was a sprinkle it was a sprinkle but yeah that fight's gonna be fun be careful on taking the side too hard either way folks uh, Roosevelt Roberts minus three sixty Brock Weaver comeback plus three hundred um, Brock just missed weight uh, minus one fifty seven a little bit before recording this uh, Roberts already the deserved favorite yeah hard to see where. Roberts um, loses this fight too. Roberts also has uh, some pretty decent experience against Southpaws and at the experience and at the UFC level, so that's not going to throw him off. Despite Brock Weaver, we're working with boxing, being proud of his boxing, and the commentators crediting for his boxing. I would argue his clinch in jiu-jitsu um, is his strong points. I want to say Brock Weaver. I don't have those stats in front of me. Is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu brown belt. Um. <coughs> And can hold his own there. I don't. I don't know if Roberts is going to get the finish there on him. Uh, I could see him outworking him there. Maybe you know, Quarantillo style, getting it done late. Because Roberts, thankfully for him, doesn't appear to be a guy that tires, which would be my only worry in this fight. I don't see Weaver submitting him. Um, 
I don't see Weaver having that one-shot knockout power that can affect Roberts for the shots we've seen Roberts take thus far. So, yeah, man, I feel like uh, Roberts is a safe parlay piece. I'm not sure if he gets it done inside the distance. I would go by decision. In fact, that over, if it was a little lower than minus 175 at 2.5, I might take that for an angle or suggest that for an angle on this fight, folks. But, yeah, I think you're safe with Roberts um, no matter what the angle um, as far as parlay piece, straight-up chalk, or the over. Um, Mackenzie Dern, minus 420. 420, man. Uh, versus Hannah Cyphers. Hannah Cyphers. Okay. I'm not going to talk to you. Hannah Cyphers. Plus 335. Uh, that's another thing about what sucks about the political climate because your boy <laughs> here loves to, you know, loves to. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm hard to offend, man. And, and I love joking about a bunch of dic- dictions and cultures and all that stuff in a fun way within context and punching up, never punching down. That being said, man, it's like such a sensitive time where even people like me are just like, I don't even want to even go near anything. Wow, Dan, way to bring the podcast down. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, anyways, I'm just, I got love for Hannah Cyphers and my brothers and sisters in the South, so don't let the twang that I'm putting on the name be offensive. Uh, Hannah Cyphers is a tough girl, plus 335. She's tough in the clench, but she can also take beatings in the clench, and I feel like that. Mackenzie, she won't be uh, facing the same striking footwork prowess as Amanda Hibas, more importantly. Someone with the judo and jiu-jitsu prowess to scare her off from her strength like Amanda Hibas. So I think Mackenzie goes for it. Um, she's shown that the weight problems are in the past. Um, and yeah, so I think Dern gets it. I don't know about playing minus 130 for a submission chalk or minus 420, man. Uh, straight up, so I'm staying away from that one. But the pick is Dern. Um, Antonina Shevchenko versus Caitlin Chukagian. Shevchenko, your favorite, at a respectable minus 130. They're still giving Chuk Chuk plus 110. Um, Shouts to Smoogie there, who are on the Chuk train. Uh, Odds makers are giving her respect despite what is a poor showing and a style that is uh, stereotyped slash, you know, uh, as, as, the, as the tennis player style, the key eye, the... Uh, all key, no eye, uh, as far as uh, making impact goes. Um, you know, but I, I, I've always got love for Chuke again, you know, and uh, she's got the karate background. Because of the, the Mark Henry uh, contingent. By the way, I, I, I tweeted who would be uh, our Mickey of today, and I don't, I don't really have one that I think we can get behind because MMA probably is too young. We've got a lot of great submissions. I think Ray Longo is a really good one and a popular one. But I'm surprised Mark Henry didn't get more. You got to be misogynistic, though. Like, that was a thing. Like, picturing all these, like, coaches who I admire, by the way. But, like, you got to have them say, like, misogynistic stuff, too. Like, Mickey did. Like, get your little chicken asses out of here. <laughs> Whoops. Did I blow out the speaker? Yep. Uh, feedback and monitor on. Sorry about that. <laughs> Sorry for your ears. Ooh, feedback protection is on. Yeah, get your little chicken asses out of They don't like Rocky. I know everything got a little blurry after my sexual escapade with Mickey. Dan, what director's cut did you watch? Back to the fights. Um, I think Anthony Shevchenko uh, is countering style. Should be able to hold up. Um, you got to really outwork her. Kind of like I was telling my man Mike Pendleton. And Chu Kagan perhaps could do that and bullshit the judges. But I don't think she can outwork her in the clinch or the grappling aspects. Like uh, Roxy Modafferi could, uh, for example. Uh, again, once it gets to the ground, 
if we're talking about submission for submission, she's got the edge. She's the brown belt, maybe near black belt at this point in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Um, that being said, um, you know, Antonina gets uh, gets some stylistic rub off her sister. I'll not be it not strong. She's got a lot of the similar um, strong points, if that makes sense. So I'll go Antonina. I'm, I'm not playing that one either side, folks. That probably could be on a stay away. Everything's kind of an avoid list. So my avoid list had like a couple fights written down, and then I crossed them all out because everything's kind of an avoid. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm a real hypocrite. Daniel Rodriguez minus 335 against Gabriel Green plus 275 who is another Cali local. Um, he's getting a shot. Uh, I know some people who know him are happy he's getting a shot. I think he's fought on Combate Americas. Saw some of his highlights there. Shouts to at lower, at Mr. Honky, Lord Honky Humongous there. I was watching some of those clips. Other than that, didn't dive too much on Gabriel Green um, or how he does, does against Southpaws, which is what he'll be facing against. Um, one of my favorite combinations of fighters, you don't see him too much anymore, but jiu-jitsu boxers, man, you know? Old school uh, Diaz brothers, BJ Penn, you know, the jiu-jitsu boxers. Um, and Daniel Rodriguez looks to be carrying that flag. Uh, so um, I don't know if I want to pay for the chalk for him inside the distance or the fight finishing inside the distance, but fight not seeing round three or fight not seeing the, the bell um, are options you can look at because Daniel Green has never seen a decision. Rodriguez has only seen two, losing one, so he doesn't like to go there. Um, these are do-or-die guys, so if you want to take some kind of angle there, you're going to have to pay for it, unfortunately, at this point in the game. Jamal. Jamal. I don't know why i got to say I'm like, you know, Finding Forrester, Sean Connery. Jamal. Yes. Uh, minus 117, Clitson Abreu, minus 103. Um, I think I submitted Jamal Hill for my staff picks, even though those didn't get submitted we had kind of just the shit show that it is with everything on all sides we just had to submit our staff picks early as per usual but like for the whole card so which kind of throws me off but uh i pretty sure i picked jamal hill you know athletically a southpaw that you know that's going to be more rare to come by and against a guy who's strong stout has a ground advantage over most on paper like clitson abreu yeah you're going to want an athletic guy who can counter or strike from range that should be the guy to beat him. However, I agree with the money coming in on Abreu, um, who's been training with Southpaws, who, one who could frustratingly stay away, and I, I discounted his partner for it, and you know his Southpaw partner for it, Christoph Yutko, and look what happened there. So I'm not going to discount his training partner, who has been getting that, that frustrating Southpaw look, a bunch of other good looks down at American Top Team. American Top Team also seems to be one of the more functioning gyms as far as for their pros go. Uh, or the groups uh, that I've been seeing on social media. So I actually feel like I feel in a Brayu here. I didn't play him because he is no longer plus money, so I missed that train. If he goes back to plus money, um, I will play a Brayu. Um, he is my last-minute switch pick here, but this probably is, is, is a really volatile fight that you should avoid going heavy on either side. Tim Elliott, speaking of a volatile fight, here's another one. Tim Elliott, minus 162. Brandon Royville, plus 142. Um, I'm going to go with Elliot for biased wrestling and scrambles because I think wrestling and scrambling out of submissions is the key to beat a guy like Royville, who wrestling seems to be his weakest link. Not that he's weak there. He knows what to do with submissions, and he can scramble very well as someone in those weight classes should. His striking is um, you know, pretty nice and nicer than Tim's, and will have the edge there. 
However, Tim's movement in wrestling kind of is the on-paper recipe. If you're going to build a guy to beat Brandon Royville, then you got to add in my bias. And then my bias is strength. Another reason why I didn't want to do the show last night. I mean, you think I'm in a fucking conflicted shit mood today, folks. I mean, last night was really bad. That's another reason why I didn't want to record the podcast, by promising it to you. And then one of the last fights I'm watching was like Brandon Royville and LFA and like some dude posts against the fence and breaks his elbow. And Royville's just doing the celebrating, and I really hate it. I really hate just non-acknowledgement in the world. Like, you don't, that's Brownie scratching herself. Like, again, folks, I say it all the time. You don't have to agree or not. I'm not somebody who's trying to get you to agree. I'm the most non-red, blue team person, my team versus your team person there is. But God forbid if we fucking acknowledge things, especially things like not that are opinions, like sky is blue type shit in life. Boy, would it make things a lot easier. And what rubs me the wrong way is seeing people celebrate, like, I really respect people say like when, you know, a fighter wins by a cut and with the commentary or the fighter that won and says, you know, a fighter doesn't want to win by a cut. You don't want to lose by a cut, but you don't want to win by a cut either. And that always stuck with me. I'm like, yeah, that's true. There's certain kind of honor in that, you know? And um, sorry for the dog keep itching yourself here. And this dude is just celebrating. And in short, thanks to, I think, Mark Montoya, because, you know, I had to remind him twice to go check on his opponent, but Brandon finally goes, and he's a young kid, man. Like I say, you sh- just as much as I I hold up on a pedestal, guys like Clever to share for checking on their opponents and being a fucking class act, win or lose. Just like I say, you shouldn't condemn somebody, especially these younger fighters. But it's right up there with like Amanda Nunez's post fight celebration, which I've only like recently started to get over from years ago over uh, in Invicta over Raquel Paolui, where she. Again, they do something that credit to them that makes them win the fight. But after the fighter is clearly out of it and hurt, they continue to hurt the fighter, which Brandon Royville continued to punch him, which I get you kind of have to, but then at least go check. Like, it was clear the dude was, like, waving his hand, like, I'm out of it, my elbow's dislocated, and he's sitting there fucking wailing on him and doesn't even acknowledge him to the very end. Um, It's just kind of gross, you know, just like when Amanda Nunes was elbowing unconscious uh, Raquel Paul Louis' head in her celebration. Um, and while the ref's trying to drag and save poor Raquel and Amanda just running around like a fucking mad woman. Um, I hate that shit. Sorry, folks. It just really disturbs me. Um, yeah, especially unnecessary head trauma. Someone who's been dealing with migraines. Another reason why I didn't do it. Uh, it's like when you have a video game percentage, folks, when you have really bad head trauma. Like if everybody's at arbitrary 100 in the Street Fighter game, after you have really bad head trauma... Like, you're lucky to be at 65 to 75% like for the rest of your life. And you have to operate the rest of your day and things and moods um, at a severe handicap. So, yeah, as somebody who's actually suffered the head trauma and been in there, I, I carry opinions. All right. Um, wow, Dan, you're, you're on one today. <laughs> Casey Kenny minus 270, Louis Smoka plus 230. Um, you know me, man. I'm going to be rooting for the Hawaiian here, but at the same time, you can't deny Casey Kenny. Um, not only can he scramble, he can contain some of the best scramblers with his judo and wrestling. His striking ain't bad from the southpaw stance. It's hard to say, though, because we don't know where Louis Smolka... Brownie, it's okay, baby girl. We don't know where Louis Smolka is going to be. Um, you know, I think we haven't seen him since May or June or something last year, and he's, he's can't change, and... Really been doing some positive things, so it's really tough to say with Louis Smoka what you're going to get. My heart's going to be with Louis Smoka. Uh, I'm going to be picking Kenny. Um, I don't blame people for using Kenny as a parlay piece, but I, I have no plays here, if that makes sense, folks. Pick is Kenny. 
Um, mine is now even Vince Morales, who was the underdog against Chris Gutierrez. Um, it's a close fight. We're both. It's probably gonna be a striking fight between two guys who uh, have yet to be finished. So that's gonna be dicey. And I was initially leaning toward Gutierrez, the initial favorite. However, dude, he's like training in Guatemala and all over the place. I mean, I've seen him in like Factory X, his main gym, so to speak, um, as recently as March, but. I don't know, whereas Vince Morales looks like he got a good camp in an American top team. And that kid's a dog. Uh, I don't think he lost that last fight although against Benito Lopez, although he made a lot of questionable decisions that made it a murky decision regardless of how you saw it going. So that's not very confidence-inspiring. So I was going to say it's dog or pass, but if this line keeps moving, I say just go with my initial pick of Gutierrez. But, uh, yeah, that's how close this fight was, folks. I was initially on Gutierrez. Then I was like in Morales that he was dog money, but now it's even. It's that close where it's like you you just you, you take what you got plus money on kind of a fight. Um, I'll take Gutierrez for more the consist. I'll, I'll backtrack back to my original pick for Gutierrez for more leg kicks, which Vince Morales is going to have to show that he's adjusted. Uh, Gutierrez will score with those, and he's more consistent in that realm. So. Um, it's going to be a gritty decision either way, but I'll go Gutierrez and your money should be on whoever the dog is. All right. Apologies for that. I mean, you thought that breakdown was bad folks. You, you could have imagined if I did it last night and I was even more pissed off last night. So <laughs> let's just, let's just get through it. I got love for everybody. Love your brothers and sisters out there and give credit where credit is due. That's 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 all I'll say. Taking Gilbert Burns over Tyron Woodley. Taking like my even off over Augusto Sakai, taking Billy Quarantine over Spike Cadillac, taking Roosevelt Roberts over Brock Weaver, taking Mackenzie Darren over Hannah Cyphers, taking Antonina Shevchenko over Caitlin Chukagian, taking Daniel Rodriguez over Gabriel, Gabriel Green, taking Jamal, or no, taking Clidson over Jamal Hill, taking Tim Elliott over Brandon Royville, um, who I'm sure is, is well mature and is a nice kid and not trying to character assassinate the poor kid. Um, taking Casey Kenny over Luis Smolka. Hearts with you, Hawaii. Taking Chris Gutierrez over Vince Morales. Roberts and Kenny make for nice parlay pieces, although I haven't played anything. Um, waiting for Abreu and Ivanov to dip to dog money before I jump off those freaking cliffs. Uh, speaking of cliffs, I did sprinkle a little bit on Billy Quarantine, round three plus... 1,000, but really most things are avoids or dogs or pass, really, for most of this card can be said that. Thank you, guys. Uh, I'm sorry if I came off like a C-U-N-T. I really appreciate you guys. I really hope you guys are doing well. I'm not trying to play my violin here. Hopefully my shit attitude didn't rub off, and hopefully you guys can have a great weekend. I hope you guys uh, bets cash, even if they're going against my picks. You know that's not me here. I don't care. I'm just trying to help you guys provide some free content and little do you guys know you guys saved me on multiple occasions if it wasn't for the re- this show and the reason to do this show which is you guys um man I, I would be an even an even more miserable prick put it that way so thank you guys uh, much love have a good weekend and stay healthy and always protect your neck